chapter fourteen part one of the mysteries of paris volume two this librivox recording is in the public domain the mysteries of paris by eugene sue chapter fourteen part one rigolette louise the daughter of the lapidary was possessed of more than ordinary loveliness of countenance a fine tall graceful person uniting by the strict regularity of her faultless features and elegance of her figure the classic beauty of juno with the lightness and elegance assigned to the statue of the hunting diana spite of the injury her complexion had received from exposure to weather and the redness of her well-shaped hands and arms occasioned by household labour despite even the humble dress she wore the whole appearance of louise morel was stamped with that indescribable air of grace and superiority nature sometimes is pleased to bestow upon the lowly born in preference to the descendant of high lineage we shall not attempt to paint the joy the heartfelt gratitude of this family so wondrously preserved from so severe a calamity even the recent death of the little girl was forgotten during the first burst of happiness rodolph alone found leisure to remark the extreme paleness and utter abstraction of louise whose first ecstasy at finding her father free passed away apparently plunged into a deep and painful reverie anxious to relieve the mind of morel of any apprehensions for the future and also to explain a liberality which might have raised suspicions as to the character he chose to assume rodolph drew the lapidary to the further end of the staircase leaving to rigolette the task of acquainting louise with the death of her little sister and said to him did not a young lady come to visit you and your family on the morning of the day before yesterday yes and appeared much grieved to see the distress we were in then you must thank her not me can it be possible sir that young lady is your benefactress i frequently wait upon her from our warehouse when i hired an apartment here i learned from the portress all the particulars of your case and the painful situation you were placed in relying on this lady's well-known kindness and benevolence i hastened to acquaint her with all i had heard respecting you and the day before yesterday she came herself in order to be fully aware of the extent of your misery the distress she witnessed deeply affected her but as it might have been brought about by misconduct she desired me to take upon myself the task of inquiring into every circumstance relative to your past and present condition with as little delay as possible being desirous of regulating her benevolent aid by the good or bad accounts she might receive of your honesty and good conduct kind excellent lady well might i say as you observed just now to madeline if the rich did but know was not that it is it possible that you are acquainted with the name of my wife who could have told you that my worthy friend said rodolph interrupting morel i have been concealed in the little garret adjoining your attic since six o'clock this morning have you indeed sir yes my honest fellow i have and from my hiding-place heard all that passed among you oh sir but why did you do so i could not have employed more satisfactory means of getting at your real character and sentiments and i was desirous of seeing and hearing all you did or said without your being aware of my presence the porter had me acquainted with this small retreat which he offered to me for a wood-closet this morning i asked his permission to visit it and remained there more than an hour during which time i had ample proof that a more upright noble mind did not exist and that the courageous resignation with which you bore your heavy trials was above all praise nay indeed sir i do not merit such words as these i was born honest i hope and it comes natural to me to act as i have done 
i am quite sure of that therefore i do not laud your conduct i appreciate it just as i was about to quit my hiding-place to relieve you of the presence of the bailiffs i heard the voice of your daughter and i meant to have allowed her the happiness of saving you unhappily the rapacity of the men deprived poor louise of the full completion of her pious task i then made my appearance fortunately i yesterday received several sums that were due to me so i was enabled to advance the money for your benefactress and to pay off your unfortunate debt but your distress has been so great so unmerited and so nobly sustained that the well-deserved interest you have excited shall not stop here and i take upon myself in the name of your preserving angel to promise you henceforward calmness peace and happiness for yourself and family can it be possible but at least sir let me beseech you to tell me the name of this angel of goodness this heavenly preserver that it may dwell in our hearts and on our lips by what name shall we bless her in our prayers think of her and speak of her as the angel she is ah you were right in saying just now that both rich and poor had their sorrows and is this dear lady then unhappy who is free from care and suffering in this world of trial but i see no cause for concealing you from the name of your protectress the lady then is named remembering that madame pipelet was aware of madame d'harville's having at her first coming to the house inquired for the commandant and fearing her indiscreet mention of the circumstance rodolph resumed after a short pause i will venture to tell you this lady's name upon one condition pray go on sir that you never mention it again to any one mind i say to any person whatever i solemnly promise you never to let it pass my lips but may i not hope to be permitted to thank this friend of the unfortunate i will let madame d'harville know your wish but i scarcely think she will consent to it then this generous lady is called the marquise d'harville never will that name be forgotten by me henceforward it will be to me as that of my patron saint the object of my grateful worship oh when i remember that thanks to her my wife children all are saved saved no no not all my little adele has gone from us we shall see her sweet face no more but still i know we must have parted with her sooner or later the dear child's doom was long since decreed here the poor lapidary wiped away the tears which filled his eyes at the recollection of his lost darling as for the last duties that have now to be performed for your poor child said rodolph if you will be guided by me this is how we will arrange it i have not yet begun to occupy my chamber it is large airy and convenient there is already one bed in it and i will give orders to add all that may be requisite for the accommodation of yourself and family until madame d'harville is unable to find an eligible abode for you the remains of your little daughter can be left in your attic where until the period of interment they can be properly watched and guarded by a priest with all requisite attention i will request m pipelet to take upon himself every necessary arrangement for the mournful office of laying the poor babe in its peaceful grave nay sir but indeed i cannot allow you to be turned out of your apartment now that we are so happily freed from our misery and that i have no longer the dread of being dragged to prison our poor garret will seem to me like a palace more especially if my louise remains to watch over the family as she used to do your daughter shall never again quit you 
you said a while ago that the first desire of your heart was to have louise always with you well then as a reward for your past sufferings i promise you she shall never leave you more oh sir this is too much it cannot be reality it seems as though i were dreaming some happy dream i fear i have never been as religious as i ought i have in fact known no other religion than that of honour but such a reverse such a change from wretchedness to joy would make even an atheist believe if not in priests at least in a gracious interposing and preserving providence and if said rodolph sadly the father's sorrow for the loss of his child can be assuaged by promises of rewards or recompense i would say that the heavenly hand which takes one child from you gives you back the other true most true and henceforward our dear louise will be with us to help us to forget our poor adele then you will accept the offer of my chamber will you not or else how shall we be able to arrange for the mournful duties to the poor infant think of your wife whose head is already in so weak a state it will never do to allow her to remain with so afflicting a spectacle constantly before her eyes what goodness exclaimed the lapidary thus to remember all to think of all oh you are indeed a friend may heaven bless and recompense you come you must reserve your thanks for the excellent lady you term your protecting angel tis her goodness inspires me with a desire to imitate her benevolence and charity i feel assured i am but speaking as she would speak were she here and that all i do she will fully approve so now then it is arranged you will occupy my room but just tell me this jacques ferrand the forehead of morel became clouded over at the mention of this name i suppose continued rodolph there is no doubt as to his being the same jacques ferrand who practises as a notary in the rue du sentier none whatever sir answered morel but do you know him then assailed afresh by his fears for louise the lapidary continued since you overheard all our conversation tell me sir tell me do you not think i have just cause to hate this man as i do for who knows but my daughter my louise the unhappy artisan could not proceed he groaned with anguish and concealed his face with his hands rodolph easily divined the nature of his apprehensions the very step taken by the notary ought to reassure your mind said he as there can be no doubt he was instigated by revenge for your daughter's rejection of his improper advances to proceed to the hostile measures adopted however i have every reason to believe he is a very bad and dangerous man and if my suspicions respecting him are realized said rodolph after a few moments silence then rely on providence to punish him if the just vengeance of the almighty seems occasionally to slumber it awakens sooner or later he is both rich and hypocritical cried the lapidary at the moment of your deepest despair a guardian angel appeared to save you from ruin so at the moment when least expected will an inexorable avenger call upon the notary to atone for his past crimes if he be guilty at this moment rigolette came out of the miserable garret belonging to morel the kind-hearted girl had evidently been shedding tears and was trying to dry her eyes before she descended the stairs directly rodolph perceived her he exclaimed tell me my good neighbour will it not be much better for m morel and his family to occupy my chamber while they are waiting till his benefactress whose agent i am 
shall have found a comfortable residence for him rigolette surveyed rodolph with an air of unfeigned surprise really cried she at length are you in earnest in making so kind and considerate an offer quite so on one condition which depends on yourself oh all that it is in my power you see i had some rather difficult accounts to arrange for my employer which are wanted as early as possible indeed i expect they will be sent for almost directly my papers are in my room now would you be neighbourly enough to let me bring my work into your apartment and just spare a little corner of your table i should not disturb your work the least in the world and then the whole of the morel family by the assistance of madame pipelet and her husband may at once be established in my apartment certainly i will and with great pleasure neighbours should always be ready to help and oblige each other i am sure after all you have done for poor monsieur morel you have set a good example so i shall be very glad to give you all the assistance in my power monsieur no no don't call me monsieur say my dear friend or neighbour whichever you prefer unless you lay aside all ceremony i shall not have courage to intrude myself and papers into your room said rodolph smiling well pray don't let that be any hindrance then if you like i'll call you neighbour because you know you are so father father said one of morel's little boys coming out of the garret mother is calling for you make haste father pray do the lapidary hastily followed the child back to his chamber now then neighbour said rodolph to rigolette you must do me one more service with all my heart if it lies in my power to do so i feel quite sure you are a clever manager and housekeeper now we must go to work at once to provide the morels with comfortable clothing and such matters as may be essential to their accommodation in my apartment which at present merely contains my slender stock of bachelor's furniture sent in yesterday beds bedding and a great quantity of requisites will be needed for so many persons and i want you to assist me in procuring them all the comforts i wish them to have with as little delay as possible rigolette reflected a moment and then replied you shall have all this before two hours have passed good clothes nicely made warm and comfortable good white linen for all the family two small beds for the children one for the grandmother and in fact all that is required but i can tell you all this will cost a great great deal of money diable and how much oh at least the very least five or six hundred francs for everything yes you see it is a great sum of money said rigolette opening her eyes very wide and shaking her head but we could procure all this within two hours my little neighbour you must be a fairy oh no it is easy enough the temple is but two steps from here and you will get there everything you require the temple yes the temple what place is that what neighbour don't you know the temple no neighbour yet it is the place where such persons as you and i fit themselves out in furniture and clothes when they are economical it is much cheaper than any other place and the things are all so good really i think so well now i suppose how much did you pay for your greatcoat i cannot say precisely what neighbour not know how much you gave for your greatcoat i will tell you in confidence neighbour said rodolph smiling that i owe for it so you see i cannot exactly say oh neighbour 
neighbor you do not appear to me to be very orderly in your habits alas neighbor i fear not i must cure you of that if you desire that we should continue friends and i see already that we shall be for you seem so kind you will not be sorry to have me for a neighbor i can see you will assist me and i shall assist you we are neighbors and that's why i shall look after your linen you will give me your help in cleaning my room i am up very early in the morning and will call you that you may not be late in going to your work i will knock against the wainscot until you say to me good morning neighbor that's agreed you shall awaken me you shall take charge of my linen and i will clean out your room certainly and when you have anything to buy you must go to the temple for see now for example your greatcoat must have cost you eighty francs i have no doubt well you might have bought one just as good at the temple for thirty francs really that is marvellous and so you think that for four or five hundred francs these poor morels will be completely set up and very comfortable for a long while neighbor an idea comes across me well what is this idea do you understand all about household affairs yes i should think so said rigolette with a slight affectation of manner take my arm then and let us go to the temple and buy all these things for the morels won't that be a good way oh how capital poor souls but then the money i have it what five hundred francs the benefactor of the morels has given me carte blanche and she will spare nothing to see these poor people restored to comfort is there any place where we can buy better supplies than at the temple certainly not you will not find better things anywhere and then there is everything and already there little frocks for children and gowns for the mother well then neighbor let us go at once to the temple ah mon dieu but what nothing only you see my time is everything to me and i am already a little behindhand through coming here to watch over poor madame morel and you must know that an hour in one way and an hour in another that by little and little makes whole days well a day is thirty sous and whether we gain something or nothing we must live but bah never mind i will make up for that at night and then d'ye see parties of pleasure are very rare and i call this one it will seem to me that i am rich 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 and that it is with my own money that i shall buy all these things for the morels so come along neighbor i will throw on my shawl and cap and then i am ready suppose whilst you are doing this i bring my papers to your apartment willingly and then you will see my room said rigolette with pride for it is all tidy which will convince you how early i am in the morning and that if you are idle and a sluggard so much the worse for you for i shall be a troublesome neighbor End of chapter 14, part 1 Read by Celine Major